0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is JC, pastor of Olive Church. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Please don't forget to share our audios. God bless you. So we're going to talk about accuracy part two, right? So if you guys can remember, right, I'll recap for you. We had the definition of what accuracy was and that's going to pull up on your screen there, right? Accuracy, uh, freedom from mistake or error, correctness, conformity to the truth or to a standard or model exactness, degree of conformity of measure to a standard or a true value, Right. If you guys remember, we talked about how God's way is the correct way. His word is true. His ministry is exact. Right. And I also shared with you guys the synonyms for accuracy. We're going to pull them up on the screen again just so you can get a a refresher. Some of them being correct, definite, detailed, authentic, solid, systematic. Um, And I also shared with you the antonyms for accuracy. We're going to pull those up as well approximation, incorrectness, carelessness, guesswork, vagueness, and basically all of the opposite of what God is. Because we all uh, arrived with the same com- conclusion last, last preaching last Sunday that God is accuracy, right? He is exact. There is no guesswork in God. His word is detailed, it's accurate, it's solid, right? There is a foundation, So we talked about accuracy in the Bible, in prayer, accuracy in our organism, and accuracy in tithing, which, by the way, you guys did amazing. You set a very high standard last Sunday with your tithing and your faithfulness. I mean, it's going to take us far, so I appreciate you guys doing that for our church. Uh, If we all do it together, we're going to go far, right? So we talked about those those four uh steps, right? And so when uh pastor told me you have to do part two, which I really didn't think of, I was kind of uh well what what can I talk about? What can I incorporate with uh into the accuracy part of it that will allow us to be accurate in Bible, in prayer, in our organism, and in tithing. So I started to dig a little further and kind of uh, do research on what it is that we need in order to be accurate in those four areas there. And what I came up with and, you know, with God's help, of course, and in prayer and and in worship is that um, I'm going to talk about discipline, your accuracy and your discipline. Accuracy in your obedience and accuracy in the harvest or your fruit, your blessing that you will sow. So we're going to start with accuracy and discipline. It was really funny when I was, again, preaching and trying to figure out what what my part two was going to be about. It was very clear to me after, you know, I was in prayer and just worshiping that i needed to talk about something that i'm very familiar with and it's um discipline and and god's discipline uh if you believe it or not uh accuracy and discipline and being disciplined is a crucial part of being christ-like being god-like being a christian You have to be disciplined in order to uh, show Christ in you, in order to carry your your life the way that God intends you to. There's a lot of discipline when it comes to that. There's two parts of discipline. There is taking the action of you yourself being disciplined and holding yourself accountable. And there's that part where God disciplines us. And that's the hard part. That's the one that it um, will break you and build you and help you build your character. I'm very familiar with this, um, unfortunately, but fortunately, I want to talk about uh, this verse coming up, and and like I did in in the first part of the preaching, I I relied a lot on bible verses because if you guys remember I talked about accuracy in the bible and so what I'm talking about I want to back it up with words from the bible because there's nothing more accurate than the word of god and so Deuteronomy 8:5 says think about it just as a parent disciplines a child the lord your god disciplines you for your own good pastor tells us this all the time humble yourself or God will humble you, and I've lived through that, so I know it is accurate, I know it is true, and he will, and as scary as that sounds, it's scarier when you're in that moment, and you are being humiliated, the way that pastor tells us, right, you guys remember that, humble yourself, or be humiliated, and Here's the thing, when it comes to discipline, you cannot be disciplined and then change your mind in the middle of the course, otherwise your whole lesson will be worthless. You have to be disciplined in order to learn the lesson. It's kind of like a kid when you tell them, well, you know, you can... Uh, only have this lollipop if you finish your vegetables, but they didn't finish their vegetables, but you still gave them the lollipop, there is no lesson in that. They will not learn the lesson. They know that next time they don't have to finish their veggies, so you'll still give them a lollipop. It's kind of like that, right? And so when God disciplines us, even though that in those times is very hard, we have to be very joyful of that. Job 5, 17 through 18 says but consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin, 18, for though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. So there's going to be times where God is going to discipline us and it is going to hurt. And just as he strikes us, he's going to pick us back up it is a crucial part of us being christians or being born again and and wanting to learn to allow this to happen although it really hurts and it really sucks and it breaks us right but it is a very crucial part of our growth and our spiritual growth okay it's kind of like a training that we're in. It's kind of like a, like a boot camp. So if you talk to our heroes, right, like John John and, and Joseph, they can tell you all about the discipline that they had to learn in their boot camp. They were expected to do s- certain things, wake up early, all these things. I'm sure that they had uh, probably not the hardest of times to do that because they were already disciplined here in our church through God. But it takes a lot of effort and a lot of accountability on yourself to, to be disciplined we are like that except we're not going to go fight a battle or a war you know in another place we're fighting the battle and the war here for God we are God's soldiers and therefore if we're going to go fight his battle we have to be disciplined Psalm 119 67 says I used to wander off until you disciplined me but now I closely follow your word You will never understand God's discipline until you understand God's word and what is expected of us as we learn the word. I feel like the only reason why I maybe can speak on this right now is because I've really disciplined myself to learn the word. Otherwise, I don't think I could... Talk confidently about it because preparation is key, right? You have to learn. You have to learn. Discipline, guys, is a very crucial part of us being Christians. Very crucial. There is accuracy in obedience, right? Obedient, being obedient. I know all of you guys have done a lesson or counseling or some sort of teaching on obedience. I don't know why, but it's one of the hardest things for us to learn, right, is to be obedient, is to be submissive to a command or authority, especially in situations when maybe you're not in full agreement with your authority or who your authority is, your boss, your, your parents, whatever the case may be, but there is accuracy in being obedient. There's an exactness to being obedient. Case okay, there's accuracy in the action of being obedient. Why? Because when you decide to be obedient, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. There is no such thing. A task or a job, it can't be ful- fulfilled to its accuracy if you, if you don't have exactness and you don't fully abide. You have to. There's so much accuracy in this, in obedience, Let me tell you what the beautiful benefits of being obedient are. I don't have a slide on this, but this is just thoughts that I jotted down. But number one, when we are obedient, we can walk closer to God. How? Because he clears the path for us. He clears it. He clears it for us. So when we are obedient, we can walk closer to God. Number two... You can obey God's voice clearer the more obedient you are. That means that when you're praying and you're asking uh, for something, God can respond to you in a much clearer way when you are obedient. Number three, obedience brings blessings and God will favor you. Why? Because he knows that you are doing what he's expecting us to do. Number four, To be obedient is to choose God's best. And what's God's best? Well, his abundance and his wisdom, the knowledge, his inheritance. So we are choosing that. As we are obedient, we choose God's best. And number five, when we are obedient, that brings trust. Trust in God. Trust in God that he will handle all of our matters. He will never forsake you. When you are obedient, you believe that so much more than when you're not because you know his word is true and it's accurate. Deuteron- De- Deuteronomy sorry, 11.1 1 says, You must love the Lord your God and always obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. You must always. And 11.22 says, Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. I remember one time I did this counseling with Pastor, one of my many, but this one just resonates with me more because I was a little mad. I'm sorry, Pastor, right, in this particular one because I'm sitting with him and I'm of course, crying and woo me, and pastor, how could this be happening to me? And I just don't understand. I'm a good person. You know, I, I'm godly. i godly. I do what what God asks of me. I, I don't deserve this. You know, that whole victim mentality, I can admit it. Yeah, that was me. And I'm crying, right, and just complaining. And I'm surprised pastor had as much patience that he, as he did with me because I was just kind of like, you know, Word vomit and crying and all that stuff. and But he said t- something to me in the most gently and kindest way. He just kind of like touched my hand and his. he says, Hija, you know, Hija, how much longer do you want to suffer for? And this is the part where I was a little mad, but I didn't tell him I was mad because I love pastor and I know I'm his favorite. But I didn't want to tell him. Because to me, I mean, that was a question like, how much longer do you want to suffer? I was like, well, that's dumb because I don't want to suffer. Like, what do you mean? Why are you asking me this? And so I didn't say that, but I just said, Pastor, I don't want to suffer. I I don't want to suffer anymore. And he said, well, then accept God's discipline and be obedient to his journey that he set for you. And in that moment, I was probably still upset because I'm thinking, well, well, I I think I am being obedient. I think I am being disciplined. But after going home and after soaking in it and just taking it for what he was saying, it clicked. And I thought, oh, man, (laughs) I'm not taking advantage of this lesson that I'm supposed to be learning And that always sticks with me, and I carry that with me because part of the process and the challenges that that God's going to send us, they're all part of the the process, they're all part of your journey, and they are intended for something greater than you understand. And I didn't understand in that time, but I understand now, and I wouldn't take it back, you know, at that point when I sat with Pastor and I did that counseling with him, I had probably been suffering, like he said, <laughs> for like about a whole year. And I was just in my suffering and just taking it and, oh, I'm suffering and suffering and suffering. I just keep suffering. And he gave me that pattern of interruption, right, where he says, "How you have the control on how much longer you want to suffer. And then I decided, okay. I'm not going to suffer anymore. And how do you not suffer? You just become obedient. You got to understand and realize that the trials that are sent to you are for a purpose. There's a bigger purpose in that. You know, I really believe that those situations that I went through set me up to how my attitude is now. You know, yes, we're going through this pandemic, but I'm not worried. I'm not stressed because I've lived worse. And what can be worse? God is with me. So I don't have to fear. Right, And with that, I learned about the accuracy in fruit. That's the last thing I'm going to cover, the accuracy in fruit. There's accuracy in what you harvest. There is accuracy in what blessings come to you. There is accuracy in that. I never understood it that way, but now I do. Um, I am sure at school maybe you guys remember this. There's an uh action to every reaction or there's a reaction to every action something along the way I don't remember I failed science probably but other people might call those consequences there's good consequences and there's bad consequences and there's blessings and there's curses if you will and I know a whole lot of those because sometimes you cause these bad things to, to happen to you because you don't realize what you're doing. You're not living to God's expectation. And so you fall and you stumble because you have to learn. But there's a difference between doing what God expects, expects of us to just please him and to doing it because we know it's right and we know it's the way and we know that that's what he expects. There's differences there. We got to do it because we want to do it, because we love him, because we want a place with him. Not because we just want to make him happy for the moment. Otherwise, that's a temporary blessing. Deuteronomy, I know I'm focusing a lot on this book, but I just recently read this book and 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 I learned a lot on it. Uh, 11.26, it says, Look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. How much more clear does that have to be? He's laying it on the table for us to decide. His sovereignty is telling us, hey, you decide which path you want to walk. But doesn't that sound scary when you think about it in terms of a blessing and a curse instead of a good consequence and a bad consequence? I fear the curse. And it's up to us to make sure that we decide to walk in blessings. I learned something super important when it comes to fruit and, and, and harvesting and blessings through pastor. He told me, check your source. Always check your source with everything you do, check your source. He said, even down to the book you're reading or the songs that you're listening to, check your source. Who are these people? What are they like? Are they gonna feed? goodness into your soul are you going to learn something good are they godly and i carry that with me every day because i don't want to fail. i don't want to make room in my mind and my soul for anything other than what god and what god's word is and so check your source what are you feeding your soul who are you listening to what direction are you headed in Feed on the word of God, you'll get full of wisdom. Listen to God's voice because he's guiding us and head towards the path of greatness and excellence. We talked about that last week too, right? Galatians 6:7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. I remember pastor teaching me one time, you know, there's certain words that belong to God and they're definite ones, like always, never, those words, right? So it says you will always harvest what you plant and that is accuracy in God's word. We got to make sure that when we're out there in the world, you are very conscious of what you are putting out there. How are you representing God? What is coming out of you? Will he be proud? proud. And listen to this, God, God will not give you the fruit if you're not ready to value it. He will not give you the blessing if you are not ready to value it. But if he does, because there's times that he will also test us and he will. It will be a temporary fruit, a temporary blessing just to show you what it's like to lose something you never appreciated and i've been there too you know my husband and i abel and i we own a business and when we first started it it was very fast in how we progressed in business we set records and and we did things that hadn't been done and even though I'm encouraged to talk about it openly and be proud of those moments, I can't honestly say that I am because it was temporary. I didn't have a solid foundation. I didn't have God in the center of my business. I didn't know the word, so I didn't value it. So guess what? God took it from under my feet. And I fell so hard and I was broken. But I can tell you right now with 100% of my heart and my soul that that is the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it's in those moments where you're on the floor that you seek God the most and when we're in success sometimes we can forget we forget that God placed us there and so I'd rather be broken so that I can be at the feet of Jesus than to be successful and not have him because those are temporary without him right? When you know the word and when you know God and when he humbles you and he breaks you and he fixes you back up and he fills you with love and nurture, when he gives you those blessings, you learn how to value them, how to nurture them, how to hold on to them, how to protect them and how to share them. You know, we've been uh, doing our own business for about five years now. This year will be our fifth anniversary. And recently, just recently... We've been able to open our new office with our business partners, with Leo and Jen and myself and Abel. And this blessing, we're able to value it. I'm telling you, we were crying just painting the walls. You know, scrubbing the toilet makes us proud. Sitting there makes us never want to leave because we've gone through all the brokenness and now falling into the blessing is just that much better. We've dedicated our office to God. We've dedicated our efforts, our team, everything to God. So how can we fail? We won't. We won't. We won't. And you won't either. you got to know that there's accuracy and you putting the effort and you being disciplined and you being obedient so that you can accurately reap it's been such a beautiful journey and i cannot change i wouldn't change a single thing yes in those times where it was terrible and it was hard and we cried and we kicked but all was for the glory of God, because without him, we wouldn't have gone out. And without him, we wouldn't have what we have. And without him, we wouldn't value what we, what we have. Things can always get better. You know, if you're sitting at home and thinking, well, I'm a good person already. That's fine. I think I'm a good person too. But good could always get better. Good can always become great, and great can always be excellent. So if you're sitting there just feeling good, and that's just it, you feel good, be prepared for God to step in and shake you up. Maybe send you a few challenges because you weren't called to be good. You were called to be great. And there's a lot of uncomfort in that. There's a lot of uncomfort in that. And I can tell you that I lived it. I keep living it. I want to be and stay uncomfortable because I know that's what God wants in me, right? And it's what God wants from you too. God wants to give us abundance and keep giving us blessings, but he knows our human nature too, right? So he wants us to value our process more than to value the blessing. Why? Why? because in that process that nasty process that hurtful process where we're broken and we're humiliated and we're on the floor that is where we learn the lesson in our office we call them blessings because they're blessing lessons fire huh blessings why in the journey in the torment in the storm is where we get closer to him And that is the path that he is going to give us. Unfortunately, it's just how it works because he needs to teach us how to be so involved with him and just walk with him, next to him, hold his hand, seek him. That's what he expects. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for the world where we are right now, even in this church. If you guys could look around, you'd see a storm, like a storm came in through here. But I know that when this is all over, it's going to be more beautiful, and it's going to bring more people and more souls, and we're just going to be better. So remember this. God, or good, I'm sorry, good is mediocre. You could always be better. Good could always be better. God has not called you to be good. He called you to be excellent. He called you to greatness. So be prepared for those storms. Value the journey so you can value the blessings. When you value the journey, you can teach others. And when others learn, they teach others. And then the tree rose right and we're all connected with the teaching and the word and where did you learn that olive church where is it how can i go what you are and what you set out to the wor- world has to have so much accuracy so that we can continue to inspire influence and bring more people these are all accuracies in god's word So I wanna challenge you guys to be more disciplined in learning the word, more disciplined in attending church, in tuning in, in talking to pastor, in reaching out to others. Be disciplined because that's what God expects. Be obedient because there is no wavering there so that you can reap with accuracy and hold on to those blessings that he wants to give you. You just have to prove it to him. You have to prove that you, you, uh, are, you are capable of earning them or that you deserve them. Again, thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for new content every week. God bless.